Hello. Have you recovered? Uh, I have. Yes, I have. I think mostly. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> listeners, we went camping for the first time. And before you act surprised that we've never been camping before, consider that we are not technically white. So <laughs> <laughs> just was not a thing in our family. <laughs> yeah, it was an experience, man. It was like I give it a B overall. Okay. Um, I really liked all of it. Like I liked the campfire. I liked the cooking mm-hmm. and the hangs. Yeah. Did not like sleeping there. That sucked. I would never do that again without a bed. It was just bad. <laughs> I think it could be, we could have done better at it. Like, yeah. Even in the tent situation, we, we just could have done it better. We weren't very, we, first of all, we're horrible at putting together a tent oh we just God. didn't know what we were doing we sucked we were just like, <laughs> it took like at least an hour can't do this yeah and then we just didn't have enough stuff it got kind of colder than we thought it would get yeah if we had like proper gear it wouldn't be that bad except for like a little uncomfortable but i don't here's what gives me pause is that our friends that went with us who have been camping lots of times were just like yeah that's just how it is you just don't sleep basically and like Kyle said the same thing, and I'm like, oh, then I don't like it. Like, <laughs> that's bad. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I guess if that's the case, then. I mean, I would go if there was a cabin or a glamping situation, I, I would do it. But I need a bed. Even if you had one of those, like, little sleeper trailer things that yeah. people had up there, like, that would be good, too, I guess. That would be more Maybe. manageable. I just, I can't be yeah. on the ground. Fuck that. There's no need. We've, we've evolved. <laughs> Uh, we are privileged enough to have not the ground to sleep on, usually. <laughs> I mean, I've got my foamy Nespresso coffee, so I'm back where I belong. <laughs> yes, city cat. City cat, for sure. <laughs> but it was fun. It was. Overall. It was. Good hangs. Good friends. Yeah. So, I think you have a uh, you have a report. I do. Class. I have a report from the, the front lines of fatness. <laughs> All right. Front lines of fatness. Today we're going to talk about anti-fatness and how it relates to both the current capitalist system we're in mm-hmm. and how it shows up on the left. Okay. All right. So what we're going to talk about, first I want to go through some basics on weight and health. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I just kind of want to give a primer. Uh, I imagine for a lot of people, maybe this is new information uh, it's hard for me because like I have been in like the body positive and like fat liberation space for like several years now. So I don't know what people don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try to kind of start at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call, I think. Yeah. And then we'll get into how uh, anti-fat bias shows up and like discrimination, stuff like that, uh, both individually and like systemically and materially and just like how this whole system's real bad for fat people, basically. Okay. And then we'll talk about how capitalism upholds it and how the left is like, I don't know, I'm not clear enough. Could be better on it. On the yes. Question. Okay. Yes. All right. So let's go over the basics. All right. Wait. It's very complicated, (laughs) is the short summary. Health is extremely complicated. Sure, yeah. It seems like weight's not complicated. It's just number. Well, yeah, the the idea of something weighing something, yeah, that's not. Unless you get into different planets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That part's hard. But uh, weight as it relates to health is very complicated. Health is super holistic. And I feel like 
on the surface level, people kind of get that now, but we'll kind of talk about how it's been kind of repackaged and resold in a different way these days, which is really interesting to me. Okay. But basically, I don't want to get too hung up on the weight science here for reasons that I will go into later, but we can touch on some basics. Okay. So let's talk about set weight. Once I describe this, I think most people will be like, oh, that makes sense. Right. (laughs) So set weight is basically your body's uh, normal weight, and it's a range of 10 to 20 pounds, and it's basically what your body's always trying to get to. And this will shift as you age, super normal, like that's just what bodies do. Uh, But basically, set weight means it's very difficult to lose weight because your body will readjust itself to get back to its set weight. Mm -hmm. Is set weight anything we understand in terms of like... Like science? What pushes it Mm -hmm. up or down? So yeah, there's lots of different reasons. uh, But basically what happens is when you diet, uh, your brain freaks out and thinks that you're starving. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You are kind of. (laughs) You are. You are starving yourself. (laughs) You have to remember, like, evolutionarily, like, we're very much like cavemen. Like, this is not a normal thing for animals to do, which is to voluntarily not eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It goes against most survival instincts. Uh, Yeah, my cats are a good example of that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what happens when you diet, uh, your brain thinks you're starving, and it starts doing all kinds of things to get your body to start eating. So this is a combination of chemical signals, uh, hormones, and also like psychologically, uh, there's some play in that too. But basically, it's just like this fucker needs to eat. Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So like, there's, there's a chemical component for sure. But it's also psychological, because you're like, when something is not available to you, it is then more interesting to you. Like, that's just how humans work. (laughs) And that's the thing you're focused on. Like, you're kind of obsessing about it. Yeah. And also chemically, your body is going to crave higher calorie foods because it's like, bitch, we need our calories. So you're going to want that chocolate cake way more whenever you're restricting yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're basically fluctuating between dieting and overeating. And basically you're getting into like this feast and famine mindset. And what happens is after several attempts at dieting where you try and you fail and you're like, oh, it's all my fault. I'm a piece of shit. You try again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've all been through this in some way. Like even a very casual dieter has done this. Like, oh, diet starts Monday. I better eat a whole bunch on Sunday. Like that's super common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Or like yeah. when you're on a diet or something like cheat days and stuff. Cheat days. Exactly. And what happens is you you overeat on your cheat days because you are basically prepared preparing for famine. You're doing the feasting part of the feast of famine. Mm-hmm. That's very normal. And I feel like this is also just very familiar, the idea of set like, weight. We've all gone on a diet, lost like five, 10 pounds, and then you stop. And then eventually you stop the diet and those come back for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is after doing several rounds of this binge and restriction and overeating, after a while, your body cannot recognize hunger cues and it is freaky like when you start realizing this is a thing like i'm very bad at remember like i know when i'm hungry i almost can never tell when i'm full until it is too late (laughs) Mm, okay (laughs) and um some people can't tell when they're hungry like it varies obviously but what happens is you're, you're just bad at it like you don't you no longer trust your body to tell you what it needs basically hmm so what happens then When it's extreme enough, it leads to eating disorders. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yes, fat people can and do have eating disorders. It's very common. 
I'm not sure on the stats, but I'm willing to bet there's a big correlation between dieting and eating disorders. Like, that's kind of what a diet is, especially more extreme ones. Do mm, a lot of people struggle with diets and, like, it leads to bad things for them? Uh, There are probably a lot of people, though, that, like, it's... They don't do the second part where they where they cheat do the cheat day or whatever. Like they just do the diet and it works for them. We're gonna talk about the numbers behind that. I'd I'd love to know your definition of works for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, by yeah. works, do you mean they lose weight and keep it off? I just mean that they. I, I guess I was thinking about maybe a more broad definition of just like uh, I changed my diet to this and this is what I eat and. I do that and it's good and I don't break from it. I think that's fine. Like some people have, I would say that's more of like a lifestyle change, which is another marketing term we can talk about later. (laughs) But that's like, yeah, I went vegan and it's really good for my body because like my body needs that. Or people who have to be gluten free or something like that's like you figured out what works for your body. Fucking great. The issue is whenever you are forcing a system on your body and it's like it's it's miserable. (laughs) Like it's not good. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it for just weight, because we'll talk about that. Like when you have that as your metric, you're going to be disappointed. Okay. Okay. So let's also talk about some other reasons people are fat. A lot of people think that it is basically a choice of being fat. It's like, oh, it's simple calories in, calories out. Yeah. We just said so we just had eat too much, right? We we're talking about diet. Mm-hmm. All right. Then, then you also have do too little, right? Yes. That's, I'm that's too lazy. Better. I don't work out. So I'm fat. Yes. So let's talk about underlying conditions. Um, okay. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, PCOS. It's uh, obviously for people with ovaries, but that will cause weight gain. Uh, there's also a myriad of medications that will cause weight gain. Uh, I Ooh, myself yeah. am on antidepressants, SSRIs. Those Defo, are a big one for Going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Birth control, same thing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'd really rather be not pregnant and not like super depressed. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's also diabetes. This is an interesting one. So the common like story, I guess, or, or the, I don't want to say myth, but the common like setup of our diabetes is you, know, you ate too much sugary things. Now you have diabetes. Okay. Yeah. There's, uh, there's been some research that shows that often the weight gain will come after the diagnosis. Like, your insulin is already fucked up because diabetes has a huge genetic component. And so like what happens is like your insulin starts getting messed up and then you gain the weight. And some of the medications that are used to treat diabetes also can result in weight gain. Huh. You're saying there was a period of time where your insulin stuff was messed up, but you were fine. Like you're no, no, no. I'm saying like that happened first. It's not that like you ate so badly that your insulin became messed up. It's like your insulin got messed up and now your weight has gained. So you're saying this could happen to someone who's like, you know, eating celery and lettuce or something. But I mean, yeah, that's an extreme, but yeah, like it, it could happen to a lot of people. It, to it is, normally eating people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's has a huge genetic component. Not normally. That's a bullshit way to say it, but like, yeah, no, considered healthy by society. <laughs> someone who's health conscious, I guess, however you want to put it, eating all the fad diets and stuff, but then they still get, Okay, I got you. Yeah, like it's not just a strict one-to-one, like if you do this, then this will happen. Like that's just not how science works. Yeah, okay. Um, You mentioned exercise. I don't have a bullet point in my outline specifically about this, but Mm -hmm. in general, it's good to exercise. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, it's good for you. I will say as a fat person, there are many, many more barriers to exercise. Okay. For everything from, hey, my knee hurts. So like I can't go running because I am physically carrying more weight. Like that's just a thing. So you might have to find alternative forms of movement. Right. There's also uh, socially, if you go to the gym, you are going to get either like made fun of or filmed or people will come up to you and praise you, be like, good job. And you're just like, man, fuck off. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Do it they, sucks. Have you ever, I don't know, anecdotally, have you had experience in that? So I'm what's called a small fat. Mm-hmm. That means I'm a size roughly 16 to 18 in U.S. women's sizes. But people much, the people larger than me, much larger than me, like have astronomically more like harassment experiences than i do i've gotten some for sure but like not not in a gym setting also i like don't go to the gym right yeah (laughs) i have a very like fucked up relationship with movement so like which i think i've talked about on the show so Mm -hmm. i just it's crazy because like i don't know everybody's doing the same fucking thing at the gym is working out it's like why would you (laughs) get on somebody's case at all like leave I don't know, maybe i'm very anti so i don't want to in you know interact with people at the gym <laughs> at all if i were i don't it's not like i go but i have been in the past and i'm like with blinders on pretty much i'm just like oh, doing yeah. my thing please leave me alone <laughs> so i couldn't imagine like looking around seeing somebody who's overweight and be like oh well, let me get you know let me harass this person yeah it well it's a really fucked up cycle because it's it's this whole society telling you you need to lose weight and then you try or you just try to be healthy uh, regardless of weight and people are going to give you shit for it it's like there's no winning like even finding like athletic clothes for certain sizes is very Mm. challenging like it's just set up or there's weight limits on machines and you're just like well okay (laughs) you know oh yeah i guess i didn't think about that yeah yeah the thing with exercise is like definitely is important and like what I've been researching and like, I hope to eventually get to with some therapy is something called joyful movement, which is where you genuinely find some sort of movement that you enjoy. And it's not about like, Oh, I got to push myself or like, Oh, I I need to do, you know, this many things. It's just like, I'm going to do this because it's good for me or, and it makes me feel good or at least feel less bad, (laughs) which I'm still working on that. So like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds like a good place to be with it. It just exercise. Maybe you research this. Does it raise your like metabolism rate? I've heard this that like Ooh, you I build up muscle and and stuff like that, and muscle is like more expensive to, for your body to maintain. So like you burn more calories just by you know you're walking around breathing sort of thing day to day, and so it helps you like overall, I guess lose weight or, or just like maintain whatever wherever you want to be all right i just did a google because i did not know the answer <laughs> <laughs> and these are some metabolism myths uh number one exercise boosts your metabolism long after you stop so it says once you stop moving your metabolism will go back to its resting rate so it sounds like it won't mm-hmm. and also adding muscle will help you lose weight apparently that's a myth too like it's only a small amount oh huh, okay well there you go Okay. So Thanks, fuck it. I don't have to exercise. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. We're, you should exercise because it is clearly correlated to health. And, and it's like, got like cardiovascular stuff. Yes. Like it, that is good for you. You should. Here's the thing though. Like not everyone can, which we're going to get to like 
disability in a minute, but not everyone okay. can. It's not accessible to a lot of people. And there's also like the issue of time, which we're, we're going to get to as well. So like do what you can, but like, it's okay. You know, be nice to yourself basically is what I'm going to try to convince you. Okay. That makes sense. That's you're saying you should do these, you know, like we were talking about eating, eat healthy in a way that like makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Like is positive for your body. Work out in a way that makes you feel good and is, is good for you. Yeah. But don't do either one with like a negative punishment. I've got to gruel through this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess if that's your fucking thing, I mean, I don't want to yuck your yum, but don't put it on other people. <laughs> what works for you may not work for someone else is the thing that okay. comes to both diet yeah. and exercise. Even with exercise, I've heard this term, like I mentioned joyful movement earlier. Some people just have to have neutral movement. And uh, body neutrality is a kind of a buzzword right now in like the fat internet. And it's it's less about like, oh, I love my body every day. And more being like, yeah, sometimes I don't, but like, whatever. It's a body. It's fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> being but, fine with it? Okay. Yeah. Just being more neutral about it. Being like, hey, this isn't all that I am, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to go back to one thing. We're talking about the feast famine mindset and dieting, the whole cycle. Kind of the opposite of that is something called intuitive eating, which is where you um, really are trying to listen to your hunger cues. And, you know, you really appreciate your your food. Um, An important part of this is like, you know, eating without distractions, which I'm terrible at. I'm always in front of the TV. Yeah. But just like trying to like create a more positive relationship with food, being like, what do I really enjoy cooking? What do I really enjoy eating? And like it's it's challenging <laughs> and like it you have to throw out all your food rules and it's very yeah. hard um i know i have a very complicated relationship with both food and exercise like an example that comes to mind is when covid first hit i really hated feeling like i had to eat certain things to like make our food last longer and it made me like really anxious and really like oh but i don't want to eat this but like i have to and like i i hate this sounds like i'm really like picky. I really hate eating what I am not in the mood to eat because it just makes me feel like I'm forcing myself into into a meal. I don't know. It's just I have a lot of hang ups okay. around food. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I've dabbled in like the whole, oh, you should eat slower as a thing. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, being more mindful, I guess, is how I've seen it phrased yeah. is like think about, oh, I'm eating here. I'm always not sat in front of the TV, but sit in front of like my news feed and I'm just reading stories Mm, and stuff and uh, doing a little amateur opinion article hour uh, (laughs) (laughs) bothering her about the news. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like that's, you know, another, I guess, way to think about it more. I don't, that's not intuitive eating because I'm still eating like, Oh, it's, the evening time to eat dinner you know no that i think that's fine like you can have a dinner time with intuitive eating that's not a problem but no that's a huge part of it because whenever you're more mindful of eating that this book which i'm going to reference a lot it's called health at every size it's by lindo bacon Mm -hmm. but they give an example of like eating a truffle and just eating a very small bite and just being like "Mm," and just like really analyzing it and like thinking like how it feels to eat it and like what happens is whenever you're eating these especially rich foods you're like enjoying it more and you're more likely to eat less of it. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not saying this is like, here's a trick for your diet. It it just means like you're going to get better at eating. Basically you're going to like enjoy it more and you're going to have a more positive relationship with it. Yeah. That makes sense. Like eating, uh, in a 
I don't know a not frou-frou way to say this, but like, I guess just eating more positively. Like you're not just, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, it's this time. I need this many nutrients. I will shovel (laughs) that many nutrients into my mouth. Then I will continue doing what I was doing. Like you're actually getting the whole experience of like, damn, this is good food. I like this. This is a good time with good people or with myself. And that's also good. And things, you know, I'm glad I had this experience instead of just, blah, here was some slop. (laughs) It's funny. We were talking about this last night with our friends that like Mm -hmm. food is so much more than fuel. And like for some people, maybe it is just fuel. and like, that's fine. But like, I think especially like culturally, it's so important, especially in our family. We're all about food. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really interesting. I, I follow this nutritionist on, on Instagram. It's called like You're a Latina Nutritionist. And she's all about reclaiming cultural foods that for a long time have been just labeled as unhealthy. And, you know, she's Latina. So it's like beans and rice and like all these things. People are like, oh, that's really bad for you. And like, it's not bad for you. Like ancient cultures have eaten this way for a right. long fucking time. Yeah. And like you should be able to eat your cultural food and not just be like a white vegan. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. On the other hand, we are a lot more sedentary than ancient cultures. So when you say like, uh, you know, oh, rice or whatever is, you know, very high calorie stuff is bad for you. It is in a, it, like it can lead to like health problems, I guess, or like it can just lead to complicate. I don't know. I'm probably fucking it up, but it can um, <laughs> it can be too many calories for you to healthily intake if you are just kind of like not not doing anything you know that seems to be a really big key and i think people are starting to realize that like i feel like and we'll talk more about how capitalism plays a role in this but mm, for a yes. long time mm-hmm. food has been sold kind of as the answer when it's like it's more about movement and it, it is very yeah it's very easy to claim food as medicine yeah <laughs> where it just kind of sucks you're like no actually you just like need to move and like yeah not everyone's gonna be into that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I have to say it's fine because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about BMI. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So this is body mass index. And I feel like most people kind of know by now that it's bullshit. But in case you don't, <laughs> it's bullshit. Um, yeah. It is the measurement, basically a ratio of your height and weight. Yeah. That's it. We did the same motions there. At yeah, the same we really time. did. That was great. <laughs> So, uh, some history of the BMI. It was uh, created for population study. It was not created to measure individuals' health at all. Just like overall? Okay, yeah. It was for like statistics. And it only used like white men as subjects, white Europeans. Good. Classic. Taking the, uh, <laughs> taking the classic psychological study approach. <laughs> and that's the thing. So, like, this was at a time when race science was super popular. Oh. Like, phrenology and, you know... Just facial other good measuring, things. Yes. other great things. <laughs> this guy was a straight up eugenicist. Um, he was doing this so he could find what he called like the perfect man. Like uh, that's what this was. All right, Adolf. Pretty bad. <laughs> um, moreover, it's just like inaccurate. Um, it does not take into account uh, distribution of fat. Does not take mm-hmm. into account muscle mass. Like we've all heard, like you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is obese according to BMI. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really hits athletes in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just athletes. Like it's it's just like not a good indicator of health, like for basically anyone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So don't pay attention to that basically. Yeah, it's a really arbitrary measurement, but I will. I defo used it to get a vaccine, and whatever. Fuck it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and you know, we're going to talk about medical bias in a minute. So like, I think I earned it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to get to now the section that's going to be a little hard for some people to hear. Okay. And the headline here is diets don't work. (laughs) All right. Many sources say this. It is not just me making shit up. I have sources in the show notes or in the Patreon notes rather. Diets have a failure rate of 95% or higher. Within a year, people will gain back the weight. Very, very, very few people manage to keep it off forever. And if they do, that is a huge portion of their lives devoted to that. Mm -hmm. Your body doesn't want to. It's just like not built for that. It's just, they're like, why would I do this? (laughs) Basically. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I know it's like, it sounds really extreme. And it sounds like if you haven't heard about this before, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, there's kind of an element of grief to this. I know I definitely had that because growing up, all I wanted in the world was to be thin. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's when my life is going to change. That's when like I'll meet the right person and that's when I'll be confident. All this shit I had built up in my mind is thin Christine's going to rock it. Yeah. And then when I discovered like body positivity and fat positivity, I was like, oh, maybe I can just like start living now. <laughs> And maybe that was a very good move for me, but it, mm-hmm. it does take like some processing. It takes some like kind of letting go of that fantasy and it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have kind of debated, argued with you about this stuff in the yeah. past. Like that doesn't sound right. Like can't somebody just like do the thing and just like not fail. Eventually your body's going to, readjust doesn't that logically sound like it makes sense you know it's just like well don't mess it up i don't know just do the diet and (laughs) then don't like not do the diet and you'll be fine who does that do you know anyone who does that well i'm just saying like it logically if you're thinking theoretically someone would just like okay i'll just do the diet now and then boom right well remember they're getting all those chemical signals from their brain saying hey fucking stop doing this Mm mm-hmm And you can only last that out so long before you just give up. Mm -hmm. There's also, I mean, your body is just going to find its set weight again. It's going to get there. Like, it just, like, they've done studies on this with, like, Biggest Loser contestants. They all gain the weight back. All of them. And often, they have very, like, serious side effects. This is saying, also, this is another question. Are we saying that Mm -hmm. this is uh, applying to people who are trying to make a... Trying to lose weight through a diet on its own? Or is this also saying that like dieting with like increasing your exercise regimen? Let me look it up. I believe though, it's kind of both. Most of the studies do both. Some of them just do diets, I'm sure. You could imagine the, you know, this ascetic superhuman who's like, yep, I'm just going to do the diet now and never deviate. Mm -hmm. I mean, who wants to do that? Sure, but I mean, like, maybe it's one of these food is fuel people or whatever. And so, it's I mean, just yeah, like, whatever. if that's how you want to, here's the thing at the end of the day, I'm not doing this to tell everyone you need to eat a certain way because fuck that. I don't believe in any food rules. So, mm-hmm. if you want to diet personally, go for it. Don't fucking tell people, like, don't like tell people that that's what they should be doing too. Like, mm, okay. that's the problem. Like, I don't, if you want to do a juice cleanse, fucking juice cleanse. There's no such thing as cleanses, but like, you can do it if you want to eat juice all day. Like, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, You're, you have a liver. You don't need to cleanse. But I don't have a problem with you eating salads every day. That's fucking fine. But the problem is when you judge people for how they eat. Mm, okay. All right. 
I think listeners can get on board with that. Yeah, it's it's all about bodily autonomy at the end of the day. Here we go. Uh, there was a heritage family study researching weight loss as it pertains to exercise. 500 men and women participated in a 20-week endurance program. On average, the men lost less than a pound and the women lost nearly nothing. Okay, not very effective. <laughs> Not very effective. Um, so, yeah, I'm lifting from Health at Every Size again. This book has, like, tons and tons and tons of studies in it. Um, one of my favorites is... I'm going to show you this list. Um, do you see how many bullets that is? Yeah. Quite a bit, like half a page of bullets. Um, these are all studies finding that uh, overweight people were living at least as long as and frequently longer than normal weight people. So, like... We've been sold some stuff. <laughs> Controlled for like other factors, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, there's a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight studies. Um, the largest being 1.7 million Norwegians. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not just like a one-off thing of like there's this one fat guy that lived a long time. Like it's a thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about kind of the effects of dieting uh, and of diet culture. So. Okay. When you do the the binge uh, cycle, the dieting cycle, um, yo-yo dieting, as it's called, is often linked to really bad things. Um, often things that are associated with weight turns out to also be correlated with diets. So things like heart disease, insulin resistance, higher blood pressure, inflammation, and also long-term weight gain. You're more likely to be fat if you diet, Man, which is crazy. This stuff <laughs> is not fair. So like, I can't change my set weight. Mm-hmm. I can't just like lose weight in the way that intuitively would make sense to by just restricting mm-hmm. calories. I can't do that, but I can fuck up my body by doing that. Yeah. Like, that's just it's not pretty fair. fucked up. I just, you know, I would like for the singularity to come. I want to get a mechanical <laughs> body. body. I want to go to like, not to body positivity, but just like anti, the anti body movement. And I just want to be like. <laughs> an android nobody's yeah like at this point because it's messed up dude i i should be able to positively change my body and or in my opinion right uh Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to do that and then instead fuck up my body that's just not fair (laughs) i mean it sucks i i think that's why for a lot of people they've found solace in a community that's like hey maybe it's okay to be fat and like maybe fat people are pretty and we're just trained to like not think that they're pretty you know maybe they're not lazy and we're just trained to think they're lazy. Like maybe it's just okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it it is, it comes with like some anger and that's that grief grief. process you were talking about. Yeah. You gotta go through those stages, dude. I, yeah. But for now I want an Android body. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Things like weight loss drugs. Uh, those are basically amphetamines. They're very bad for you. Ooh. Yeah. There's also bariatric surgery, which they just, cut up your stomach basically to make it smaller and here's the thing you're gonna lose weight on it but you're you're gonna live as i would as Voldemort would say it's a half-life it's a cursed life (laughs) (laughs) you cannot eat any more than a very small amount Mm -hmm. and even then i think there are lots of restrictions that go along with that there's also lots of complications that go along with their surgery including death so (laughs) well that's with any surgery it is it is but still it's just like is is that what you want to do, man? Like, okay. Like you're basically giving up the ability to enjoy food. And like, that does not fly with me. Yeah. I mean, that's like forcing yourself to do the, uh, the hypothetical acetic 
from before. <laughs> but mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. don't have a way out to just be like, nah, never mind. <laughs> like, it just it sounds like a miserable existence. All right. We've gone over a lot of weight and science and all that stuff. And it's great. I'm pro-science. But here's the thing. It shouldn't matter how somebody got fat. Because they're still people and they yeah. still deserve respect. True, true. It's really interesting because I think because we see weight as calories in, calories out, we view it as it's a choice. You know, like, oh, you you chose to be this way. Uh It's this really weird cycle of because people think it's a choice, they think it's okay to shame people for it. Um, And they, they think it's okay to, like, be really negative towards fat people. They're trying to use... You'll hear this a lot from from well-meaning thins saying, oh, it's, it's just I'm worried about their health. Right. But what they're really trying to do is, is use they think it's OK to use shame as a mechanism to get fat people to lose weight. And first off, it doesn't work like that's not a way to positively reinforce any kind of behavior like that's not going to work. Secondly, it's very bad for them. For their health. <laughs> yeah. Cortisol, the stress hormone, is very bad for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is linked to our earlier segment where we're talking about these misconceptions. Probably a lot of the people who are who are engaging in this, like, they... <laughs> it's not that they know that this is not good for you to, you know, it's like they... They probably think it's that they're doing a good thing. They're not like, oh yeah, <laughs> I will, I will induce cortisol levels on these on these people. And, no, know. they they totally think they're the they're the ones like, oh, you're, I need to diet. No one has ever told me this. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. they think that they are going to change your life by you know haranguing you about your weight as if no one has ever done that before. And you're like, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> like what? It's insane. Mm-hmm. It is so weird. It's bad for you mentally. Like, it's like, I've got trauma from being fat. Like, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I had to go to therapy. Like, not great. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about health. And I think people get really hung up on it. And I, I don't want that to be the whole episode. We're, we're going to get past it in a second. But there is this really common trope of, you know, oh, you know, unhealthy skinny people. And you know, healthy fat people. And it's used kind of to break down stereotypes. Like, and I've fallen into this before, too, where people try to come at me for my health. I'm like, actually, I just have slightly high cholesterol, and that's it. And, like, most Americans have slightly high cholesterol. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fine. I ask them to check my blood work every time for everything. I'm fine. Yeah. Here's the thing. It shouldn't matter. Like, <laughs> even if you are unhealthy, like, health is not a moral good. Like, I want that on my fucking tombstone. Like, <laughs> Why? What does that mean? Here's what, When you think health is a moral good, you're leaving out lots of people. And what you're doing is called ableism. And it sucks. (laughs) Because some people will never achieve quote unquote health. Like it's just not in their reach. They might have a chronic uh, health issue um, like diabetes Mm -hmm. or um, a disability. They might have mental illness issues. I will never be healthy because my brain is messed up and will not produce enough serotonin. Uh, You'll never be perfectly healthy, but you'll be like healthy enough, right? I mean, I don't know. Functionally. I, 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 mean, I cannot I cannot prognosticate on that. <laughs> healthy just means you can go about your daily life with like out into um, is that a wrong is that not correct about healthy is just like you don't have shit getting in the way of you doing things day to day? I think so, but I I think most people have things getting in the way. And and as we'll see, it's a very like one sided system of who gets to be healthy. Okay. I guess what what is your concern that like I'm anti health? 
<laughs> kind of because like it, 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 I mean, like people should strive to be healthy in the way that helps them live their life. I don't think, like we mentioned before, people shouldn't be like, you know, fuck you, you're not healthy. Like you said, mm-hmm. that's you know ableist. That's just mean. Yeah, and <laughs> and bad in all sorts of ways, and it can be used against them. But there's no reason for me to not be like, hey, I want to like be healthy. I want to like enjoy my life and how my body like is. I think that's fine. I just think a lot of people view that in these really punitive and like kind of Puritan ways of like, I got to suffer so that I can be healthy. And it's like, if you're suffering, what kind of life is that? And yeah, and I think that maybe they're drawing that idea of what is healthy from society rather than from their own definition is what you're saying. Definitely. Yes. They're, they are focused too much. Like, I've, I'm a fat person on the internet, so like I've heard it all. People love to come to you and say, "Well, I just felt better when I was thin," and you're like, "Great." I'm, I let's assume that's true, but let's also look back. How much of that was societal reinforcement? When you lose weight, people will be like, "Oh my god, you look great." Yeah. What are you doing? Like, let's talk about it forever. Like, you get a lot of positive reinforcement for losing weight. There's mm-hmm. a huge societal component. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and like even if your numbers don't move, like. I am telling you, like, I wish we could do an experiment of, like, you hit this button, you will lose the weight you want to lose, but you're going to die 10 years earlier. A lot of people would fucking hit that button. To be fair, if you live a long time, that's not necessarily a bad, uh, from my perspective, people can enjoy the later years of their lives, for sure. A lot of people do. I just worry Mm -hmm. that I won't. Like, at the the very end, I'll be, like, just completely out and just health problems debilitating me all over and so i i I might pick that but i see what you're saying is that that's not actually a good place to want to be i guess like (laughs) yeah well maybe that's not the right phrasing maybe it's like yeah your cholesterol is going to go up your blood pressure is going to go up all these things are going to go up if if you press this button but hey you're gonna look fucking hot Mm-hmm. A lot of people would choose that. Like, it's just true. Like, there's a huge pressure to look certain ways in society, especially a capitalist one. Yeah, yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I keep going back to the phrase, like, health is not a moral good because, like, not everyone can be healthy. And I think that's okay. Like, there's a huge genetic component to health that we are still learning about. There's societal components. There's environmental components. There's so many ways you can get fucked up health-wise. Yeah. And, like, it's not your fault. Like, it just sucks. So, what, just to make sure, I think I've got it, but for the listeners, the mm-hmm. phrase, you use this phrase a couple times, that health mm-hmm. is not a moral good, simply means we shouldn't judge people morally based on their health? Yeah. Um, let's actually, let's go to the next section because it's perfect for this. Okay. So, we're going to talk about medical bias. And there are many studies out there about how doctors treat fat people. And long story short, it's very bad. Mm. Doctors and nurses are highly likely to describe fat people as stupid, non-compliant, and lazy. Okay. They did, so <laughs> they did a study and they were like, they what do, do you think about this patient? <laughs> yeah. And the doctor was like, I think he's stu- stupid. Yeah. They will think they're less intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, non-compliant is the nicest word here, but it just means like, I keep telling them to lose weight and they don't lose weight. And it's like... Well, they got a 95% failure rate, so, like, that's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> uh, they think they're lazy. Fat equals lazy is a very common thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, like, not the case. Like, again, they're fat, active people. It's a thing. <laughs> 
so yeah, they have all these like negative associations mm-hmm. with fat people. And it, I mean, it's not just doctors and nurses. Like this is a super common trope yeah. of like, oh, you're fat because we think it's a choice. We think, oh, you're choosing to be like this, which means you're lazy. You're not putting in, you know, the grit at the gym or yeah. whatever. So that means that you're you're a lazy piece mm-hmm. of shit. <laughs> There's all sorts of things attached to it. Like, oh, this person's like a slob or this person's like gluttonous mm-hmm. or self-centered yeah. or whatever. It's very Puritan. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, doctors are also less likely to believe their patients and they basically are just only going to recommend weight loss for you. I've had this experience. If you have knee pain, they're like, just lose weight and your knee won't hurt so much. And you're like, hey, bud, if I'm going to quote unquote lose weight, which again, 95% failure rate, I would need to exercise and like very hard to do that when my knee is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depression, they're like, have you heard of endorphins? It's like, yeah, dude, I've heard of endorphins, but like, I want to fucking kill myself. Maybe like give me a pill for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> So they also spend less time with fat patients. Like they've done studies on this. They've timed them. Yeah. They they do not want to spend time with them and ask them questions, listen to them. None of that. Um, and some doctors will just not take on fat patients. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, fat trans people are told to lose weight before gender affirming surgery. And that sucks. That's basically denying them surgery. Yeah. Why? I imagine it has to do with anesthesia, but like that's an anesthesiologist's job <laughs> is to know how to dose anesthesia. And like you should be able to do that for like more than a few sizes mm, of people. Yeah, fair enough. Like that just seems crazy that you're gonna deny surgery. Like life saves being like really important surgery. Are doctors do you know anything about if they're taught or nurses, if they're taught certain paradigms or whatever in their Education uh, in medical schools or medical schools out there saying, listen, you're going to get some fat jerks to come in and like, <laughs> just tell them to lose weight. There's no hope, you know? There are some doctors who are cool now, but they're far and few between. There's literally a listserv that fat people send each other. Here's here's a fat positive doctor in this city. Like you have to go find mm-hmm. them. It's very hard. Um, but no, medical school and like there is a societal paradigm of like, yeah, fat is bad. Fat is unhealthy. And so they they are brought up. It's like the boot is wet. They're brought up in this society that thinks fat is bad. So they are going to be biased. Okay. Medical studies are also funded. And often they are funded by people who want certain things. So they are funded by straight up Weight Watchers and other weight loss companies. They will fund studies <laughs> to say all these terrible things about weight and health. They don't fund the majority of the studies, though. Do they? They fund a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. So what they're teaching them in medical schools is, is, is comes from Weight Watchers. That sounds, I, I don't know. That sounds. I don't have the numbers in front of me on like how many of these studies are funded by whoever, but like a lot of them. I mean, first off, scientists food can be biased. Too. Yeah, I guess it doesn't have to just or be food weight companies. Loss companies if it's like. No, that, that's a great point. Uh, which we're going to get to is, yeah, food lobbyists are mm-hmm. huge, too. Like, every year there's a new fucking fad thing mm-hmm. to eat. And, like, this started way back in the day of, like, we got to sell more dairy. Dairy yeah. is now important. Like, <laughs> this is what we do here. Makes sense. But I, I think it's that – I think it's hugely cultural, too. Like, I, I think it, it very much is, like, they are brought up in this anti-fat culture. They're probably going to be anti-fat. Like, most people are. It sucks. Like <laughs> – Uh, Another fun slash terrible fact. (laughs) When I say fun, (laughs) I mean terrible. Uh, A lot of people found this out from a show, actually, which is horrifying. 
Plan B may be less effective if you weigh more than 155 pounds or have a BMI mm-hmm. higher than 30. That's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been under 155 pounds since high yeah. school. <laughs> Um, and people found this out because of a fucking show on Hulu, Shrill, with, with Amy <laughs> Bryant. Like, there was an episode where she got Plan B, and they were like, hey, I don't think this is going to work. And she was like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not a comp. Like, even birth control is less effective. It's still effective, but it, it's slightly less. Is that something you want people to know, or is that something you're saying, like, they should, they should, they should rework it or something, or... Go back to the go back to the lab. No, they should fucking rework the pill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, your pill doesn't work for a lot of fucking people. Um, let's see, what's the average weight of women in America? It would just be a dose thing, though. Wouldn't this just be like, well, I don't know, because there's a lot of medicines that have dosages based on things. Uh, hey, the average American woman, twenty years old and up, weighs one hundred and seventy point mm-hmm. six pounds. Good pill you have. Well, we don't have. An, I mean, <laughs> I guess abortions. We don't have another after contraceptive i mean they have to make another one but yeah i mean yeah you just get an abortion obviously like I, i'm not saying don't take plan b i'm saying get get it out if you need to get it out but like it sucks mm. that like the medical system did not take fat people yeah into account. Okay. or even average people apparently yeah yeah that's true and i will say again this is less effective like it it can still work like it's a i think it's a kind of a, a gradation yeah, yeah. interesting but all this amounts to fat people avoid going to the doctor. They are way more likely to put off seeking medical care because it's a traumatic experience. I definitely do it. I don't want to go to a doctor so my thin doctor can yell at me for not losing weight, a thing that I don't think will ever happen. Like, that sucks. I'm just here because you made me because my prescription mm-hmm. ran out. Can we just give me the prescription and send me home? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it'd be a good experience. Okay, so this is weird because I, I don't go to the doctor pretty much yeah you're terrible at this but like (laughs) i guess i did like a few years back and i'm okay i don't know i'm fat but like i'm not like Mm -hmm. hugely i don't know i don't like come across Mm -hmm. as like a you're probably a small fat guy yeah or whatever you know and i think that men maybe like come across a lot less yeah come across a lot less fat that doesn't make sense but you know what i mean like having that makes sense culturally it's it is way more acceptable to be fat if you're a guy you have to to be like way considered a fat guy yes versus just kind of like a little chubby or something absolutely which is fucked up but yeah i I don't know I i didn't feel like the doctor was like hey fat ass like whatever but maybe that's because as a guy was just like, yeah, this is just a just a guy, you know. <laughs> well, okay, maybe I'm 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 over I'm being a little hyperbolic. My doctor doesn't literally yell at me. I know, I know, I know, yeah, no, I just mean it still sucks. It sucks to have someone tell you, hey, you need to do this thing when you know it's not going to work, and like it, you're not there for that reason. Everything else in your chart is fine, and you're just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> we don't have to do this game. Like we both mm-hmm. know it ain't going to work. Like. Why? Why are well, we wasting our time? They don't really know that it. They don't. They, they don't, don't get know. taught that. I don't think, or maybe they do, and they just they don't care. <laughs> I follow this doctor on Instagram. His name is Doctor Joshua Woolrich, and he is a, a health at every size doctor. And he's just like, I just stopped recommending weight loss because it's not going to happen. It's going to make them feel like shit, and 
like we can just focus on other things that will help their health. Like mm-hmm. that should not be the metric by which you measure health. Like, yeah. Get them to eat like nice foods or whatever. Get them to eat a variety of foods they enjoy. Get them to enjoy moving in some way or just move a little bit someday. Like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever you can do, that's fine. But like, we don't need to bring weight into this because it helps nobody. Yeah, I can agree with that. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to more systemic issues. I mean, medical bias. That's pretty fucking systemic, but. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and it's interesting because the whole thing about you know fat people's experience in going to the doctor is also just limited to those that are like able to afford it in the first place you know it's this horrible cycle of like you're avoiding going to the doctor and thereby making your health worse Mm -hmm. so like it's just yeah and then that's if you can afford to go to the doctor in the first place which yeah yeah not everyone can all right so there's also the issue of assault um if you are fat people will harass you on the street anything from yelling out insults yeah. <laughs> uh to actual like assault and and horrible things um fat people particularly fat women are less likely to be believed about sexual assault it, it's just like not believable they think like they're so focused on desirability politics of like how could someone want to fuck a fat person they don't believe that they got raped yeah that makes sense there's also um, the Eric Garner case. Mm-hmm. So Eric Garner was fat, and the defense lawyer for the cop said, quote, he died from being morbidly obese. He was a ticking time bomb. Damn. Yeah, he claimed uh, that a bear hug would have had the same effect. What the fuck? That would be, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, basically saying, because this guy's fat, he's bound to die anyway. Who gives a shit if we kill him? Yeah, which, you know... Any of us walking around, we're taking time bombs in some way. Like we can right? just get you can killed. You just die. Yeah. And it's very people die in very stupid, very mundane ways all the time. <laughs> it's just yeah. If he's just trying to say he could have died, like yeah, but that's ridiculous. Sometimes just, people die. Like I guess that's true, but uh, not a great defense. Yeah, yeah. But just to say, it doesn't matter that we killed this dude because he yeah. was fat. That's crazy. Yeah, both of those examples I just gave, I'll go ahead and give the the shout out now. Um, There's a podcast called Maintenance Phase. Super, super good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's by Aubrey Gordon, who's, uh, I've been reading her work online for a long time. Um, She goes, she used to go by Your Fat Friend because she was anonymous for several years. But now she has a podcast and it's with Michael Hobbs, who is a journalist. Um, And he also does the podcast You're Wrong About, uh, which has been recommended to us a few times by listeners because they often like take on capitalism Mm. in it because it's like, hey, guess what? It was capitalism all along. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's a really great pod. I used a lot of it for uh, my research here. I've been listening to it like all week. So yeah, check that out. Um, Let's talk about accessibility. All right. So what happens whenever you get past a certain size is you are now unable to move in a lot of public spaces. Oh, yeah. Chairs with arms. That ain't going to work. Damn. I love chairs with arms, too. So (laughs) that would be a big one. Actually, the chairs our parents bought recently. I'm like very close to like not being comfortable in those chairs. The plastic ones from outside? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be a problem in like probably a few years. Uh Booths at restaurants, also mm, like it's yeah. a super embarrassing situation. Like, how are you gonna be like, hey, I like can't physically fit in there. Can you reseat me? Like, that sucks to have to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be more like chill, though. I don't know. They should just be like, yeah, 
Yeah, they should just be like, oh, we'll just reseat you. Not a big deal. Yeah, like everyone should come away from that more comfortable. But I forget how it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like planes, you can like, different airlines have different policies. Some of them you can, I think, I can't remember which airline it is, but one of them you can buy two seats and if they're not sold out, they'll refund the second seat. Mm Mm-hmm. But some of them, like, you just have to buy two seats. Like, this fucking sucks. And, like, here's the thing with planes. Nobody's comfortable in a plane. Like, (laughs) it's not like everyone else is like, what are you talking about? It's fine in here. I have so much room. Like, my husband's 6'1", and he fucking hates flying. Like, Yeah. Flying is a terrible experience for everybody but first class. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's not like these are, like, outlier people who are just troublemakers or something. Mm -hmm. Like, we can all agree this sucks. Everyone's uncomfortable on a plane. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If we had like a national plane system for our Soviet state or whatever, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or we just had, you know, our commune had its, its plane cooperative. Personal plane. Uh, then we could, you know, not have to worry about how much. I mean, you'd want it to be efficient, but you wouldn't have yeah. to like ring every square inch from your. Yeah, it's not a sardine situation. Yeah, yeah. You could. <laughs> You could have varied seat sizes or just big seat seat sizes or yeah. whatever. I don't know. You could figure out a better way to do it than just like, let's make sure, you know, because you have people like buying those like seat lock things and stuff and like. Oh, yeah. So you can't lean back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you know, a war between people in these airline industries. It is nuts. It is nuts. Next, I want to get to some, like, big material shit. So, this is the good shit. Okay. All right. Um, Sources are, again, listed in the Patreon notes. You're going to have to pay us for those. But uh, according to several studies, fat people earn less money, are more likely to be fired, and more likely to miss out on job opportunities. There is a cost to being fat. What is the... Is it just the moral things we were talking about before? It is the moral things. Think about it. If you brought up in a culture that means fat is a choice, that therefore you are lazy, unmotivated, not hardworking, all the you know the red alert flags for for hiring somebody, you're not going to hire that person. Huh. In fact, only fifteen percent of hiring managers would hire an overweight woman. Wow. What? It's way worse for women, <laughs> by the way. All these numbers are way worse for women. Huh. Man, that sucks. Yeah. On average, thin women earn around, numbers vary greatly, around $1,300 to $25,000 more than fat women for similar jobs. Uh, That is a source from maintenance phase as well. Yeah. Wow. Insane. (laughs) Like, there's a cost. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's also a huge lack of legal protections. Um, So it is legal to fire someone for being fat in 49 states. You can just do that. <laughs> Where is it not legal? <laughs> uh, Michigan. Go to Michigan if you're fat, I Michigan. guess. Michigan, <laughs> yeah. Uh, San Francisco and New York City also have protections. Yeah. And that just means it's not a protected class. Yeah. What would you, what a, I wonder if it, how often that happens, though. That's such an asshole move, like above regular assholery. <laughs> yeah, it's a certain kind of piece of shit. Um, there's also... Uh, what's called the fat tax. This is kind of more of a fashion industry thing, but plus size clothes cost more than straight size clothes. And it's, and you may be like, well, it's more fabric, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, are like baby onesies super fucking cheap? <laughs> what about tall pants? Are those more expensive? Like, 
it would be like two cents more. It would not be that much more. Oh, like if every shirt size was like a little bit. Yeah. Of, yeah. Changed, every shirt right? size would be graded if that were the case. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That makes logical sense, but only if they actually did that versus like. They don't. Chart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like $10 more at least. Usually it's a lot more. I, I shop at Old Navy, so <laughs> that, that's my yeah. reference. And finally, our favorite on the pod, wellness programs. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Um, you do, <laughs> for mine, you do have to submit your BMI. So, um, cool. <laughs> yeah. You um, and the jock at the office can, can yeah, wallow right. together in your bad results. Yeah. I'm going to become best friends. I'm going to unionize with the, the weightlifter in my office. Yeah. Bodybuilder. <laughs> this is bullshit, right? <laughs> But if you think about it, it's, it's because we know being fat is, has a large genetic component. It's a lot like pre-existing conditions, you know, yep. like it's, it's just discrimination. It's a way to, you know, discrimination for a purpose to save them money so they don't have to cover your costs. Yes, definitely. We've touched on this a lot so far, but let, let's go to like the meat of it, which is how does this relate to capitalism? We've already brought him up several times. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. gotten lots of shout outs so far. capitalism that evil bastard yeah he's definitely a guy like for sure (laughs) (laughs) who else would design such a system i don't know he could be a girl boss (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just leaning in oh yeah (laughs) so what happens when we have a health obsessed culture and capitalism means we can blame individuals (laughs) instead of the medical system uh pollutants that cause like endocrine disruption the food industry, mm-hmm. having extremely non-walkable cities, and just everything that comes along with capitalism. Not having like time to do time anything besides when you when you drive an hour back home, mm-hmm. when you have sat down and just worn out your back at a computer screen all day. You have enough energy to like quickly get something processed into your mouth. And then lay down and watch TV. Absolutely. Health is now like capital. You know, there's, it's kind of common knowledge now that, yeah, if you're wealthy, you're more likely to be thin because like you have that time, you have time Mm -hmm. to exercise, you have time to cook. We went vegan for a while um, a few years ago and every now and then we just go on vegan kicks and it takes a long fucking time to like transform all these ingredients into something really delicious. Like, our yeah. food system is set up so that like unhealthy food is cheaper. <laughs> so, yeah, it's more expensive too. Like not just in time that you put into it, but like just the ingredients, right? Yes, definitely. You know, like fucking corn syrup, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's that stuff is subsidized, and so it's really fucking cheap. Like all the stuff is set up so that you are buying the things that make more profits for the food industry. Yeah, there was. I forget if that's supersize me or some other documentary where they go to the grocery store and they were looking at like just the aisles of food. And it's like, that's corn. That's just corn. That (laughs) is corn. That also is corn, but they're like, you know, all these different things. Yeah. It's like, that's just everything corn. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. Now my one question I have is, do you think that the cultural obsession with, Dieting and exercise, but more, you know, I guess healthism or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like that cultural obsession drives capitalism to, to, to like profit off of it 
or did capitalism more like instigate mm. that or is it just like both feeding each other i think it's both i think it's that superstructure thing you know like they feed back and forth i think so i mean the weight loss industry is worth 78 billion dollars in the united states <laughs> a pretty penny yeah it's <laughs> a good a chunk yeah yeah and i think it's worth a lot of money and i think also whenever you have this system you don't want to admit that your fucking capitalist system is so terrible so it's easier just to blame yourself it's easy to be like oh i fucked up otherwise you have to deal with the existential crisis of capitalism <laughs> right yeah you don't want people to question like why is this happening to everybody why is everybody like not everybody you know like so many people why are they suffering from these bad outcomes and yeah you want to make that an externality you want to put that on them and say that's you buddy you mm -hmm. should stop you know having all these deficiencies and maybe get with the system that works yeah. you didn't have superfoods you didn't eat your acai berries whatever it is like mm -hmm. it's it's your fault <laughs> mm -hmm. that makes sense it's uh to me it's kind of like part of the larger uh you know because it fits in with the general putting things on individuals kind of bootstrap thing of capitalism is, you know, this is not our problem. This is your problem. You know, yeah. like, we shouldn't have to pay for your doctor's visits. We shouldn't have to pay for you to get from place to place. Shouldn't have to pay for your retirement or anything. That's what capitalism says, right? That's on you deal with it. Survival of the fittest or else. And it's the same thing with this is like, you have to have, the in the moral fortitude be a Definitely. good enough person to be thin and great or else you know sorry but you suck is what capitalism tells you definitely it it's it's the neoliberal myth of this is an individual choice it's all mm -hmm. on you yep what's interesting we mentioned earlier like i i don't want to make it seem like we are all the unhealthiest we've ever been I think that's kind of a common myth, too, of like, oh, well, when we were cavemen, we were really healthy. Ooh, you also yeah. died a lot. <laughs> of just preventable diseases. Like yeah, just. like, the, there's, like, the correlation of, like, wealth wealth in nations and, like, heart attacks. It's like, it's because you used to die of something else. Like, it doesn't mean, yeah. like, that we're total shitheads now. <laughs> True, yeah. We're living to 70 and 80 and stuff. Yeah, so, like, like I don't want to be, like, a doomer about health, I guess. <laughs> sure, yeah, but there's... You, we have, we, on the other hand, we have at least, you know, longer lifespans or whatever. But if we're spending all that time repeatedly failing diets or, mm -hmm. you know, doing, I don't know, we, we may be spending a lot more time unhappy than, than other people did. All the, you know, yeah, to be unhappy when you're running from your life from a predator, but otherwise you were doing pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> that part sucked for sure. Uh, no, I still would never go back in a time machine. No, like no, no. That. Yeah, it would Always also forward. suck. But <laughs> <laughs> forward to my Android body. All yes, right. I don't have to deal with any of this body. if I get my Android body. <laughs> uh, there's also food deserts. Um, mm -hmm. We've already talked about like how cheap fast food is and how yeah. that's because of subsidies. And then people turn around and say, you know, oh, how can this person be on food stamps? Mm -hmm. when they're this fat you know like what yeah why are we like, paying for this person's food because they're eating fucking processed insane stuff because that's all they can fucking afford like and they don't have time to work out or anything or yeah or generally take care of anything for themselves because yeah they have to work three jobs yeah yeah um there's also chronic stress like 
that's mm-hmm. real fucking bad for you. That will lead to higher cortisol levels, which we've already talked about, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, like all these things are linked to stress. And like, hey, you know who's really fucking stressed? Poor people. Mm-hmm. Poor people, black people, yeah. and people of color. For sure, for sure. Like that takes a fucking toll. So yeah, yeah there's a huge disparity in, in health. Also, yeah, like environmentally speaking, you know, if you live in a polluted area, like the more polluted areas tend to be places where more people of color live. Like, yeah, they're going to be unhealthier because they're breathing in all kinds of shit. Yeah. But again, that's on them. I mean, they should have been healthy. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yeah, there is an incentive to, instead of actually helping communities, they're just like, no, it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because figure, they were going to refuse to help anyway. So this is just the justification. Mm-hmm. Weight is also tied up in white supremacy. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, how? Full disclosure, I've not read the book for this, but um, it's called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. Okay. I read a few interviews with her, and her basic thesis is that because there's so much emphasis on race science and justifying slavery, um, they determined that black people were sensuous and quote, thus prone to sexual and oral excesses. And basically they would use like, you know, Protestantism, you know, to encourage mm-hmm. temperance and say, you know, like you should deny yourself pleasure, stuff like that, including yeah. food pleasure. Um, and so there's this, and we still see it today, like the alert sexualization of black people um, and like, you know, the thick body type and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, it was back then too. Like there's a story of Sarchi Bartman, also known as Sarah Bartman. Um, she was a slave and they basically put her on display in what amounted to like a circus because wow. like they were so amazed at like how like big her butt was and like her labia and all that stuff. Like I think I've heard of this person. Yeah. And like they put her remains on display. It's so fucked up. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. The thing about the, when you were talking about like the, the food and denying yourself and all that, like mm-hmm. the, like the history of like early cereals and shit is really oh, fucked yes. up. Oh, yes. With like the Kellogg's guy and the, because <laughs> uh, everyone was like obsessed with temperance and like yes. eating as bland a food as possible because that was supposed to like keep you from being all horny. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they would—I don't know—they—they they would do, and graham crackers. I think we're in on mm-hmm. doing the same thing. It's just—I don't know. That's maybe a tangent, it's but wild. it's interesting in that they were kind of moralizing about food then too. I guess for sure. Yeah, that's how we have cereals. It's crazy. Like they thought that meat would like stoke your passions and shit. So they're like, okay, let's be vegetarians, but it's only because we're being puritan about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's super and weird. People did that with spicy foods too and thought oh. that like you know uh anyone uh from latin america mm. or you know any kind of considered ethnic place that had spicier mm-hmm. for this this was supposed to you know you know raise the blood and all that and like oh make people God. more it's just you know like you were saying in white it's just white supremacy it's just I mean, racist it's, yeah <laughs> that's insane Ugh. I hadn't heard the spicy one, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. It's not real, but it makes <laughs> no, that sense makes why sense. people we, would be yeah. assholes. Don't eat spicy foods. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to be pure. 
That, that's why I don't like spicy food. It's just I just you're too pure. Horny. I love spicy foods, dude. That's <laughs> where it's at. Uh, I'm a terrible Mexican. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, we've already talked about how this is a money making thing. There, mm-hmm. There's just a few more additional quote unquote fun facts here. I've got. In 2015, Tories in the UK floated the idea of cutting disability benefits for fat people unless they, quote, seek treatment. Seek treatment. Well, that's easy, though. I mean, that just means you have to go to the, you know, I'm looking for a doctor to treat, to, you know, to tell me I'm fat. That's all you have to do, right? No, I think what that meant by that is lose weight. Well, I mean, I mean, see, I guess you, I guess you could like just say, yeah, I went to the doctor. I told him to lose weight. I didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm just. I'm, I'm trying, trying, mate. You know, like. Trust me. <laughs> but it's so fucked up. It, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, these are also already people on disabilities. So they probably like have trouble with like exercising and like finding foods that agree with them. Possibly, like they don't have time for this. I bet we. I bet some fucking yokel congressman does that every year here. Oh like, God, I'm sure. Yeah, that's got to be. There, there, there may even be laws or something in place already in some states because we're messed up. But yeah, yeah, that is a messed up example. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, disability payments are like so low that you can't afford to like eat healthy anyway. So like, yeah, it's pretty fucked. Mm-hmm. Another bad shout out to the beauty industrial complex. Um, you know, Hollywood lifestyle blogs basically just selling you things so that you can look like them, even if maybe they use plastic surgery to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you try this new juice cleanse, it could work. <laughs> True. Try whatever the latest fad. And so I never keep up with that. I don't even, I don't know what fad they would be on right now, but mm, I haven't, I haven't dipped in in a while. I know keto is big for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's new. I try, <laughs> I try to avoid it like the plague, but yeah. Let's also talk about body positivity and how that got co-opted. Okay, I thought this was the thing to do. Here's the thing. <laughs> it used to be. It, it's very interesting as someone who, like, I feel like I discovered it in probably 2014, maybe 2013. And it was started by, like, black women. Okay. But now it is all, like, white women. It's all people with an hourglass shape. It's mostly people who are small fats it just kind of got co-opted. Um, it started very much as like fat acceptance and being like, hey, we need accessibility. Hey, we need these things. And okay. now it's all just about like self-love and, <laughs> and mm. confidence. And just, I mean, those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But it's not systemic anymore. It's not. Uh. It's just about, it, it is, again, kind of putting the onus back on you. Like, you just have yeah. to confidence your way through this. And it's like, bitch, I can't confidence my way out of a doctor who won't listen to me. Right. <laughs> it's not liberal work. again. It's just, it's it's back to work on yourself. That will iron out all the problems. Yeah. And, like, you can see it. It's so weird. Like, now, whenever you look at body, like, if you go to the hashtag of body positivity, there's a lot of thin people in there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't for you. Like, you can't be body positive. I'm not saying that, like, obviously you should love your body if you can love your body. That's great. But, like, not everything's about you. <laughs> like, if you make posts about being fat, people, a lot of thin people, but what about skinny shaming? And it's like, it's not the same thing. It's like reverse racism. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's not systemic. Right. It's not. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah, someone could be personally mean to you for being thin, but it's not the same thing as like being paid less for being fat. Like it's just not. Yeah, that's a good analogy to reverse racism because it's the same way. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. someone can call you something because you're white, but like you've got the cops. So <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You have a force specifically designed to protect you. <laughs> yeah. So now let's let's move over to our side of things. The okay. left. The left side. I like that side. Yeah. I usually like it a lot. <laughs> but sometimes we do some things. Okay. Starting with our, our more liberal people, the fat shaming of Trump was a little out of control there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of low-hanging fruit, I feel like. Everyone was just like, just belittle his physical appearance. Yeah, and like, there's different takes on it. Like, oh, you should use whatever you can against him. Like, whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, when I hear someone insult someone for being fat, that is an indirect insult to me. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. because I know you're not saying he's fat as a neutral statement. You'd be like, yeah, that man is fat. Like, I, I view fat as neutral now because I'm like so used to saying it, but a lot of people don't. Yeah, when you're saying he's a fat piece of shit, he's an obese turtle and all that shit. Like, that's <laughs> saying like, what do you think about me, man? Like, <laughs> And turtles, like, turtles are good. Don't, don't equate people negatively with turtles. Yeah, turtles are great. That was an Anderson <laughs> Cooper quote. Did you not hear that one? No. Yeah. I don't listen to a lot of Anderson Cooper. I saw it on Twitter. I don't think I do either. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah, liberals, I think. Yeah, they're part of the establishment. I mean, like, they believe the, the whole thing we we're talking about with all this moral stuff. They might kind of like say, oh, yeah, body positivity or whatever. But they do kind of like still believe in kind of the moral judgment of it. For sure, yeah. Like the whole, you know, if you're on food stamps, you should have to prove that you're doing these things to get a job or whatever, you know? Yeah. Moving a little further from liberals, you have the rhetoric around fat cats, which is why I started this episode. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have used this before in the past. This is it's something that I to. now need to purge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, when you think about it, it goes back to allowing yourself to use fat as a neutral descriptor and taking it out of that negative context we've been talking about. Fat equals lazy, mm. fat equals greedy, selfish, corrupt. Yeah. This is some Puritan bullshit that we shouldn't have to do anymore. Yeah, it does. Ha- I mean, it has all the same moral judgments. Yeah. That we were just talking about. Like, you know, when you say, you know, these fat capitalist bastards or whatever, like the robber barons and stuff like your meaning, they're not doing anything to earn all the stuff that they're all the money they're getting. So they're mm-hmm. lazy, you know, mm-hmm. they're greedy and hogging this all for themselves. They're, uh, you know, undeserving <laughs> of what they've got. And they're like, is it, you know, kind of corrupt. And this is all, yeah. th- these are the judgments that you're l- tying into. If not just saying it with fat, the word fat, like you were, I don't know. It's yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and like in like political cartoons and shit, that's mm-hmm. a very common trope of like, look at this fat piece of shit eating all the money. Like, okay, guys, like, <laughs> I don't just eat all day. <laughs> I do yeah. eat a lot. Don't get me wrong. I love food. No, but. <laughs> I mean, I get where people are coming from and the same reason with for like, for doing that to Trump was like, it feels good to take somebody that you hate mm-hmm. down a peg, like just to talk shit on them and say they suck. Mm-hmm. But we probably shouldn't say that they suck by saying that they're fat. 
Yeah, there are a million reasons to hate capitalists. There are a million, million reasons to hate Trump. Like, let's talk about those. Like, why Why is that your go-to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just when you feel the urge to drag out that old trope, drag out an older trope of, like, guillotines or something like that. Love that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. But yeah, I mean, it's literally one of, like, the seven deadly sins is, is uh, what is it called, I guess? Gluttony. Gluttony. Wow. I could not think of it as I was talking about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it is a very ingrained thing. It's gross. Yeah. This one's kind of random. I found a study uh, that they did on post-Soviet politicians to try to prove a correlation between fatness and corruption. Like, this is some eugenics. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> fatness and corruption. Wait, what did? The, where was the study? In post-Soviet states? Like. Post-Soviet countries. Mm-hmm. So, but also the studies were on the leaders or on like just the people or what? It was on the leaders, like the politicians from there. So this guy, this fat, this corrupt. Mm -hmm. This guy, this fat, this corrupt. Directly correlate BMI and being corrupt. And they also use like frontal face images and AI and shit, which AI is super biased and terrible. So like, not great. Hey, don't talk shit about my future, like, uh, body form, okay? You can have a body, AI. you just, like, Oh, don't... yeah, but I'll still be my intelligence, so it, yeah. never mind. Go ahead, AI sucks. Yeah, don't rate people's trustworthiness on their face, guys. We already did that. It's called being racist. Yeah, <laughs> phrenology, you know, you could feel out the bumps yeah. and everything. And... I mean, that's what they're doing now with fucking face scanning algorithms. So what you're talking about here is fat phrenology for, like... <laughs> yeah. For, like, corruption... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I've got the list of countries. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of stands. So mm-hmm. Russia's yeah, no, included. it's just, it's just the countries that were formerly in the 15. Soviet Union. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, in, that's interesting that they were <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you spending your time on this guys? No, but that's not, a, that's not leftists fault really. Cause none of those, you know, by that point, those no. countries are, but. So I did some, informal sociological research, which is to say I went on reddit.com. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> so I, yeah, I went to their subreddits on like communism and there were some people were on board. Um, there were people asking questions like, Hey, what do you think about like fatness? And like, what do you, what do you think? Will we have fat people? Should that be discouraged or <laughs> stuff like that? Some people were on board and we're like, Hey, we should be for bodily autonomy. And like, great. Yeah. Most people weren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of reducing fatness to purely a consequence of capitalism, which we've talked about a lot. Like, yeah, that is related. I think we are probably fatter because of capitalism. But there were some really reductive statements. Um, I One quote here, there won't be fat shaming because people won't be fat. Interesting. What if people are, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, again, huge genetic component. Again, people who cannot like do movement every day or yeah, you'll have access to better foods probably. Mm -hmm. But like, what if they are though? What are you going to (laughs) do? This is a, one of the many benefits to following the teachings of Marx and Engels and (laughs) Lenin is they said, you know, Marx did not suffer to think about utopia. He didn't speculate because you don't know. And when you do speculate, you say dumb things like, there will be no fat people. <laughs> so you just you protect imagine? yourself from that by not speculating at all. Yeah. It's not as fun. So like, you know, speculate when you want, but just try to say 
better things. <laughs> it's the what is it the what happens when you assume? Yeah. <laughs> what happens um, when you think about utopia? <laughs> <laughs> you make a you out of no, doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Um, another quote. We shouldn't encourage people to be fat because it's unhealthy. Right. That's just the thing we were talking about before. That's the thing we were talking about before. Here's the thing. Are you going to enforce that with everybody? Are you going to go up to every thin person eating a burger and slap it out of their hands? Are you going to ban all drugs? Alcohol? All things unhealthy? Where, where's the line? Well. Is it just outward like performance of health? Or is it all foods like i feel like you should still be able to eat a twinkie in the commune is what i'm saying oh sure yeah in socialist states in practice we've seen campaigns against like alcoholism in soviet Mm -hmm. russia for example this was just like a tax on vodka to try to limit consumption and and big propaganda campaigns saying don't drink like (laughs) you know that's bad Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean there there are elements of it it's it that wasn't like a weight thing that was yeah, yeah. I mean, alcoholism is pretty serious. Yeah. yeah, you want to reduce that one. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's going to go around saying like definitely is healthy to you know smoke and drink alcohol and like all these things. Like I don't. It's weird. Like I do think like to the the other person's point. Like I do think people will be healthier when we get mm-hmm. rid of capitalism because, like yeah. we said, like it's a huge systemic issue. I don't necessarily know how that will translate to weight and i don't know if it matters especially though yeah yeah i agree it won't matter i agree that it won't necessarily like you're i mean you were just citing the studies it (laughs) probably won't do anything to the weight thing very much you know yeah outliers here and there but also this guy's ignoring like the transition you know he's Mm -hmm. imagining himself 300 years into the future of the utopia where everybody is (laughs) Just <laughs> Greek gods and goddesses and, just, yeah, right. you know, fine. But what about, you know, A, A we're not, that's just not going to happen. But whatever. Yeah, people like, people like cake. <laughs> it's yeah. going to happen. But B, what about in between? You know, I mean, you got to have like. Yeah. Some sort of a, we're not utopians. We're not going out there and just creating that based on good ideas. Like things happen in between. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's worrying to see this kind of rhetoric like in leftist spaces because you're just like, oh, like, what does that mean? What are you going to enforce? What are you going to? Because you know it's going to come down harder on fat people. It's They're not going to. And this is what happens today. You see a thin person eating a burger. You don't fucking say anything. You see a fat person eating a burger or a salad and you're going to ask them questions about it. And it's like, what the fuck, man? I'm just trying to eat. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just. I don't know, man. People are just kind of bullshit about bothering people they are bodily i, autom- I like that guy's response bodily autonomy just yeah do that. i don't remember if that was a direct quote that might have just been me <laughs> i like your interpretation <laughs> of this response <laughs> bodily autonomy. As someone but, was on the right track i was like this yeah. guy kind of gets it my also comment on this and future disclaimer for things you may find on any mm-hmm. of the left to subreddit sir just just people on reddit so you're gonna oh, find a plenty of, of stupid stuff <laughs> yeah yeah it's like if you aren't a tanky, they'll ban you. And you're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, and that's only certain places. Most of the times not. But the problem with those communities is that people go and troll a lot. So they get pretty protective about that. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was obviously just a brief 
look into it. But I think even in my experience, like on leftist Twitter and listening to podcasts, like there's a good amount of fat shaming. Mm -hmm. There's a good amount of that rhetoric. And even just the whole, like we've talked about before, like if a revolution popped off, guys, I can't run very far. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm just not able to contribute in that way physically. I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think it's just like kind of how my body is. I'm not a runner. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways that, what are some things that you think leftists should modify about their behavior or change in light of what we've been talking about? I think be aware that when you try to take people down for being fat, you're also taking down fat people, you know, and don't know. Like it's just going to make people feel bad. Yeah. And just basically be more inclusive. Like, we're again we're for bodily autonomy you should be able to get an abortion you should be able to like have a drink you should be able to like live your fucking life if you want to eat whatever you want you can eat whatever you want but like don't be a dick about it basically like it's just not your fucking business <laughs> mm-hmm. another question i had um what do you think or how do you think that the you know kind of the overall leftist socialist communist you know the the movement or the the future revolution what we're working for you know how does that tie into or why is fighting against anti-fatness like why why are those why is that important or why are those linked i think it's because in my ideal movement we would be bringing together all people and all people who are affected by capitalism and i think fat people definitely fall into that category mm, mm-hmm. i think they're systematically oppressed i don't think it's obvi- it's mm. obviously not the same as being black or indigenous or queer or those things but as we've seen, there are material punishments for being fat. Um, yeah. It is a systematic problem and also a health problem. And it relates, honestly, like the fat movement has taken a lot of inspiration from disability rights activists because it's mm-hmm. very closely related. And any revolution that doesn't include that is not a great, good one. You know, like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. That's kind of like what we were talking about in, in our queer communism uh, mm-hmm. episode because we were talking about how kind of queer liberation is, you know, as an oppressed group, when you're striking for their rights, you're striking a blow, a larger blow against capitalism in general. So in that way, maybe they're, they're like analogous. Yeah. And I think too, taking down the health paradigm of calories in calories out, you know, work hard individualism, you're taking down a lot of capitalist tenets. Like that's important. Like, when you start thinking about the systemic ways our society makes us unhealthy, it's way easier for them to blame being fat, uh, blame health on fatness than it is to like, you know, make a healthier neighborhood and like Mm -hmm. invest in communities and, you know, stop all their crazy subsidies, make things walkable, any of those things, you know? And it ties to, you know, if you're saying it's easier for capitalism to put that on the individual than to fix the problems collectively like Mm -hmm. as a society right or systemically well it's easier it's the same way as it's easier for them to say you know what uh you should just get another job too, like work four jobs if you can't make ends meet instead of reduce you know putting in rent control or public Mm -hmm. housing or increasing people's pay reducing their hour like i mean there's all these things that the system just says kind of like hey fuck you get better yeah yeah uh and this, I, I guess this is a, a good example of that in the, in anti-fatness is that 
is that's what the system's doing to fat people too. Same struggle, same fight. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. In our, <laughs> in the words of Squeeze. Love Squeeze. <laughs> All right. Do you have any more questions for me before I wrap up? I have one more question. Mm-hmm. For those of us who are sad that we we got this news that like <laughs> we're just never going to be a hunk, you know? Yeah. How would one who ha- who aspired kind of come to terms with this new reality that it's just not going to be, <laughs> you know, we're locked out of hunkdom forever. You're asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> it takes a long time. Um, for me, it, it took some therapy, but I think it was just kind of a decision I made to like, I think I'm just going to start enjoying shit now. And like, I basically just kind of had to block it out. And I'm, I'm still, like I said earlier, I'm still learning how to unblock that with exercise and figuring out how to add that back. But I just threw out food rules and just stopped giving a shit. And I just became happier. And I just became like, more comfortable with myself. And like, I've seen my body change a lot. Like I've definitely gained weight, but like, I'm also like the happiest I have ever been. <laughs> and nice. like, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause I stopped seeing myself as being held back by it. Like I used to like, I used to take public transit and I would feel so self-conscious and I would like freak out about what I was going to wear. And like, it was this very uncomfortable experience. I just assumed people were always thinking the worst of me. And now I'm like, I don't know, maybe I do, but like, I think I look fucking hot and like, whatever. <laughs> and it took a long time. It took a lot of like, I follow a lot of fat people online and I mm-hmm. see them living their best lives. And I'm just like, cool, I can probably do that. And yeah, it, it takes a lot of kind of research and finding people to look up to and reading materials, which I'm going to list out some in a minute. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's a process All right. <laughs> and it's, and it's tough because not everyone's on board. Like it's, it's very weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to describe it because it makes you sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist when you're just like, it doesn't work. This thing you've been told to do forever, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, uh, like I mentioned before, you know, it's even just coming around to that has been a process that you've been very gracious and patient with me it's for okay. leading me through. Because <laughs> I don't it's know. It's very I feel, hard. I feel like I'm like a reasonably intelligent person and I'm like, I don't know, but like everyone says this, you know, like, uh, <laughs> So why are you saying these completely opposite things, basically? Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, even like anecdotally, like I I think of people who have lost a ton of weight, who are like the inspiration stories and actually kept it off. That's most of their life. Like mm-hmm. that's what they do all day. And I'm just like, that ain't for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone who's like kept it off and it's just like chill about it. It's a normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, like, I'm on board with that. I think I probably, I still have kind of the cultural ideas of, like, what is, like, attractive, I guess, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, a good, not a good morally speaking, but just, like, an a aesthetically mm-hmm. good, like, body shape to be and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I, like, have that internalizing. That's, that's what the part of the process that you said you have to work on, I suppose, is, like, saying either... That doesn't have to be, I guess, my aesthetic view of it. Or mm-hmm. I don't have to be fucking aesthetically pleasing, I guess. That's you know, the I can thing. also just be. Or at least till I get my Android body. <laughs> Life hack, you can pretend your body's an Android body right now. Just be like, this body's just holding this brain. And that's pretty cool. That's what I say on my worst body days. I'm like, hey, 
is doing what it's supposed to do technically. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. My meat suit is functioning. <laughs> yeah. But then just follow a bunch of hot fat people. It helps a lot. Okay. All right. <laughs> Go follow some hotties. I have some some male body pause people I can send you. Okay. There's some hotties <laughs> out there. All right. Let's get to kind of the summary. All right. Summarize me. Summarize me, Captain. <laughs> when you advocate for a healthy society, quote unquote healthy society, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, particularly one that is focused on fatness, you are leaving out broad swaths of people, mm-hmm. including disabled people, people with chronic illnesses, people with mental illnesses, people for whom perfect health is just never in reach. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you're also leaving out poor people who cannot afford to spend the time or money to spend that on their health. You're leaving out black indigenous people of color who are constantly harmed by capitalism. And yeah. that shows up in their health. Mm-hmm. And fat people. And remember, it's not a choice, but also who cares if it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you do all those things, you're on your way to eugenics, which sucks. And people just deserve respect regardless of their physical health. Because otherwise... You're, you're taking out the calipers and being really gross about it. Yeah, people people are deserving of that respect just by being people. Mm-hmm. For, especially for things that they don't have a choice about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fucked up to realize. But yeah, a lot of our health is out of our control. And I think that's why we have... I think that's probably why people obsess about it so much. Because we want it to be under our control. But like, shit fucking happens. I don't think when we're talking about health, most of the times there's not like any sort of choice really happening, right? Is yeah. what we're saying? I Yeah, I don't think okay. it is because you're systemically set up to fail. You're physically and chemically set up to fail. Yeah. By failure, I mean not lose weight, um, which you should redefine what failure is, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fail society. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, it's just, you're set up to not... It, it's just very to not meet society standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that fucking sucks. We should get rid of those standards. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, I've got some resources if y'all want to learn some more. Hell yeah, lay them on us. Yourfatfriend.com. That's Aubrey Gordon's writing. She also has a book which I need to order. The problem is, <laughs> I always ask for books for my birthday, but like our family's not on board the fat positivity train. So like, whenever I ask for those, I don't get them. So I just need to buy my own. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> uh, maintenance phase I've already referenced heavily in this episode so check them out I love it so much they also have a really good intro outro song besides the point but <laughs> <laughs> uh, again another heavily referenced uh, item in this was health at every size by Lindo Bacon they are now non-binary so um, you might find it under the name Linda but just know their name is Lindo there's also Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. Um, mm-hmm. You can find that on her website or wherever you buy books. But um, that one I'm excited to read. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of good stuff out there. I, If you want to get more resources, hit me up. I know all the fat people. Not personally, but some of them, yeah. But <laughs> I follow all of them. Yeah. That's what I got. Cool. Uh, a plus Thanks. for your project. Uh, yeah, no, I learned a lot. Mm. And it was helpful, <laughs> I think, to kind of talk through, work through. I know sometimes it, I, I do this because I have 
like I said, been kind of more antagonists in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of know like the things that come to mind whenever I'm first like, ah, oh, but this, you know, so mm-hmm. I apologize if I was too much devil's advocate. I was trying to kind of work those out. No, I think you were very good about it. I mean, hey, way better than most people are about it. Most people are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. no, I, I think it is totally fair and reasonable to push back on this stuff because like, I mean, here's the thing. People just don't sit around reading research papers. I didn't. I have to go find people who did, and they mm-hmm. can tell me what it means. Like, yeah. science is confusing, y'all. <laughs> it is. And God, anytime I do that, I can just, I get the, like, the abstract. Oh, yeah. Read that abstract. <laughs> That's all. If they messed up the methodology, I would have no no idea. Yeah. I see if it's like a legitimate institution. I'm like, I'm sure they did. A- <laughs> <laughs> probably, they probably yeah. know what they do or, were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, any scientists listening to this are just like, oh my god, you guys. <laughs> is, that, is this seriously how they read studies? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these people. Which is uh, fair. We're keeping uh keeping up the himbo tradition. <laughs> As Rick Perry would say, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably our first and last Rick Perry quote. We may go back and excise that later. We really don't want to platform <laughs> Rick Perry, but... <laughs> okay hey what are we doing next week Uh, next week we're going to take a i mean a real depressing a real dark uh (laughs) great topic on uh it's something called operation condor um is this the thing that was on that one season of the americans yes the one where they go and they choke out that dude and spoilers that's not spoilers because it's like they choke out that dude they choke out like 30 dudes in that they choke out a series, lot of dudes. so. <laughs> but yes, I know what you're talking about. It's, okay, great. Operation Condor is like this huge program that the United States was funding, backing, setting up with the CIA, and it just more broadly speaking, intelligence and military resources all throughout Latin America, particularly in South America. Mm-hmm. It's from like 1968 to 1989. It's horrible shit. Uh, they're like assassinating people. They are kidnapping and torturing people. It's awful stuff. What was that time frame again? That's like 20 years or something. 1968 to 1989. Okay. I thought this was like a one-time thing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I know we did it a lot, but I thought Operation Condor was like just one of those yeah, things. Yeah, let's put together, yeah, Operation Condor, we're going to go <laughs> kill this guy and then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this was like okay. a broad setup. Oof. We'll get into how widespread it was, what sort of um, hall of infamy sort of uh, crimes they perpetrated. It's war mm. crimes. War crimes are never like a very happy subject. So that's, no, what, that's yeah. what we'll be covering in Operation okay. Condor. Maybe the beginning of a series that we start mm-hmm. to intermittently do about the crimes of capitalism. Yeah. You know, they always want to go on about how many bajillions communism killed. So <laughs> we kind of want to talk about some of the, some of the uh, many lives destroyed by capitalism. If you want to get some more historical context for this stuff, uh, you can go back and listen to episodes 36 and 37. Um, that is our coverage of open veins of Latin America. Um, you know, I feel that's like the, the beginning end of this stuff or beginning section of this stuff, right? Because it was written in like the 70s. So Yeah, yeah, early 70s. So he was, he was just starting he was to see this. Yeah, 
taking place and the dictatorships that he's talking about in some of these places were set up by and then were later were later like uh backed or their intelligence and secret police and stuff were helped out by this program so yeah it, it truly is the meme of like the guy shooting that other guy being like why would you do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah why this? would socialists do this yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, sounds like a bummer, but I mean, will, I'm excited it will to be, be angry. Yeah, I promise you, you will leave angry. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's that's how I love it. <laughs> okay, on that note, thanks for letting me teach you some some fat activism. Yeah, I loved it. Great stuff. I got some good tips on just how to do things better. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, and I'm I'm still learning, man. I. I'm telling you, I have bad days where I'm like, all right, meat sack, let's do this. <laughs> but that's cool. You don't have to be, you don't have to love your body every day. Like that's impossible. So chill. No, no, no. Yeah. But you got to make changes to make the future revolution a better one that everyone will want to be a part of. Hell yeah. All right. We are on the internet. If you want to send us your thoughts on this episode or any other episode or future episodes. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can send us an email, teachmecommunism at gmail.com. That's a great place if you have a question for like a future listener Q&A. If you want to give a suggestion for a future episode, we try to keep track of all those things. You can and should give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's a yes, great please. way to help people find the show. Mm-hmm. We need it. We love it. I love our reviewers. I frequently screenshot them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we just need it for our self-esteem. I don't check it out as much, but... <laughs> I think I check it at least on once it, a week. So, yeah. <laughs> we have a YouTube if you prefer to listen to podcasts that way. And finally, we have a Patreon. Uh, for $5 a month, you get access to our notes. So this time you'll get mine. Um, I tried to source everything. Um, I might go through and make sure I, I got all my links in a row. But yeah, so you'll get to see my notes and enjoy those. And you'll also get access to the backlog of our notes as well. So that's a lot of material. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going through listening to oldies but goodies, you can have the notes by your side. Hell yeah. Okay, I think that's it. Take me out of here. All right, yeah. Uh, good, again, just once again, good presentation. <laughs> you know I Thank need you. that validation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, you can catch us next week on another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Goodbye.